Sadly, one of the downsides of the coronavirus pandemic has been the increase in demand to food banks and charities. We met up with Lewis McLaughlin, who set up Empty Kitchens Full Hearts a few months ago. This is a movement of volunteer chefs responding to the crisis, cooking great food for delivery or collection by those in need. Every meal is provided free of charge. And here we are at Leith Theatre at the beginning of a busy week. This is the Edinburgh Reporter podcast and this morning I'm in the very busy hub of Empty Kitchens Full Hearts with... Lewis McLaughlin. Lewis, what's your role here? Um, so I'm the founding director. Um, so at the start of lockdown or just before, um, I saw a real issue between increased food insecurity and a really un underutilised and undervalued hospitality industry. So the use of that potential with the amount of food waste that we've generated to put those together and use it to tackle food insecurity in Edinburgh. You've got loads of food here that looks to me as if it's come from major supermarkets. So yeah, so we, we collect through all the different supermarket, major supermarkets um, kind of own food waste rescue systems. Um, each one of them, or the majority of them, each have their own individual partner that they peer through and we've managed to get signed up for pretty much all of them now. Um, so we collect from a couple of dozen stores over Edinburgh and um, we also get donations from different industry suppliers uh, from within the hospitality sector and individuals as well dropping off um, even stuff from the gardens or they will go out to the supermarket, buy a bag of rice or a bag of onions and drop it off. Um, I wanted to ask you about the, uh, the, the supermarket um, produce. Do you have to go and get that or do they bring it to you? Yes, we need to collect that. So one of our volunteer roles is uh, driving or cycling around Edinburgh, usually in the evening, um, to collect all these, the things that the supermarkets haven't been able to sell or won't be able to sell. Uh, it can be anything from you know, meat that's on its last day to you know, a bag of apples. The, the, the carton's broken, so all of a sudden they can't sell it. So those six apples are going to go in the bin, whereas we can use them they're perfectly fine, perfectly edible, perfectly safe, but no one wants to buy the bag of apples that's got a hole in it. So. And, and when I came in the door here at the Thomas Morton Hall, I saw some beautiful flowers. That's lovely, but you have flowers to give out to people too. Yeah, for sure. So obviously they're, they're also pinned with a use-by date, um, so they get put in with the food donations. Um, we get to give them out to some clients. We give them to our volunteers as well, just as a, as a thank you. Some of our volunteers are donating up to 40 hours a week for totally for free, um, and genuinely, I say we couldn't do it without them. But they are—they are empty kitchen school hearts. We couldn't do it without each other. So take whatever me, we can take do. me through a little bit and show me uh, show me what some of the enterprise. We've passed the logistics hub, which is at the at the entranceway here, and then uh, all around us here you have vegetables and oil and all sorts of uh, produce. Here. Yeah, for sure. So to, probably to take me a little further into the into the uh, operation. For sure. So I think probably most what well, most people think is it's just um, you know tin, tins of food and, and moldy veg. But as you can see, we've got quite a quite a mountain of uh, fresh fruit and vegetables. And this is us on Monday, so we've not actually collected anything over the weekend. A lot of our fresh fruit and veg comes directly from the Fairshire Depot on Jane Street. They've been absolutely fantastic. Um, I really doubt without them we'd been able to really pull off the numbers that we've managed to pull off. Obviously the food system, I think we've all maybe become slightly more aware of how how 
subject to change it is, um, you know, seeing people getting in fistfights in car parks over bags of pasta and toilet roll just a couple of months ago. Um, there's now, you know, mountain, mountains upon mountains of pasta sitting in warehouses because it was quickly churned out because it can be. Um, but you've got a lot of tinned food here, which is, uh, is presumably going to be used. Some of those big tins are going to be used in cooking. And who have you got doing the cooking? Can we For go sure. So let's let's fire through to the kitchen. So initially, so I'm a chef by trade. So the first kind of kitchen brigade that we had was friend, friends of mine, but by the most part, um, a good number of them have managed to stay through. Nikita, who you met there, started in the kitchen. She's been a chef with me for about eight years or so, um, which is kind of looking to maybe transition into an office role. So taking her out of the kitchen and managed to train her up on some admin um, to try and give her a chance to broaden her CV and get a real chance of getting into a proper so this, role. this is a good organisation for the people who volunteer as well. Absolutely. So we've had, um, so with the kitchen today, um, we've got still, Dylan and Genna, who both started fairly recently. Um, you've got John Boy, who's, who's volunteer number 002. Um, me and John used to work together in Prestonfield, so he's he was there from day one. And uh, Bruce in the back as well, so he's been there since week, week one as well. Initially putting in five days a week, now he's managed to get back into work, but he's still doing two days a week on top of his full-time job. So can I ask what's on the menu today? Are you making food? What's for the, today, are you making food for tomorrow? This is garden vegetable soup. Garden vegetable soup. Oh, is this for today or for tomorrow? So the way that we've got to retain, because we send out all of our packs for the day at 11, so they'll be preparing the food for tomorrow now. The evening packing crew will pack that tonight. Um, and then the AM crew tomorrow will just get it into the bags and send it out. Um, How many people do you actually have volunteering? So we've got around 40 or 40 or so in the kitchen rota, we've got another 150 or so in the packing and driving and then another 10 that help with the logistics. Um, we've had probably somewhere in the region of three or 400 volunteers pass through since we started. Some of those must have gone back to work now. So a large number have managed to go back to work or, or, or start a new job which has been fantastic. Unfortunately we've also had a large number that have been made redundant. Um, some of them have had to, you know, move move back home as a result of changing financial situations. Um, some have managed to still kind of pick up shifts piecemeal. Um, we've been really, really fortunate. At the very least, I see more in the kitchen, um, where we've had clients come to us who do a hot service for lunch and dinner, and quite a lot of chefs are not a particularly affluent um, socio-economic group by the, by the most part. Um, so we're actually quite close to the cracks, despite working in something that we described as a luxury industry. So we've had three or four chefs now who have come to us as clients. We've gotten built up a rapport with our with the servers, you know, revealed that they're chefs, asked if they can help in any way, and then ended up in the kitchens. And from those three or four, um, all but one of them we've now managed to kind of help get into a new job. That's great. That's great. Yeah. And tell me about the people who come here then for lunch, it's breakfast, lunch and dinner you do, isn't it? So, so from, so our, our, our two products are the, the day packs, which is a breakfast, lunch, dinner and a snack. So those are the ones that we send out to all over Edinburgh every day to... And how do you know where, where to send them? Are they people so who those are, those are self-referrals, um, third sector referrals and um, government referrals as well. Um, we don't, one thing that maybe sets us aside from other, other organisations is that we don't means test our clients. We view that if someone in 2020 in one of the top 20 wealthy cities in the world is coming to us and saying that they need help accessing safe food, 
that's enough proof for us. Um, it's enough. It's you know, there's so much stigma around it. We don't want to make anyone feel that they've got to jump through hoops to get a portion of porridge soup in a main. And and then can somebody just turn up and get some lunch or some supper? So, yeah. So as then well? we've. Um, when we moved down to Leith initially for a second site on Old Dr. Bell's Baths, um, we realised very quickly that we were in a community that had a lot of people that didn't have regular safe access to to an address, to even a microwave um, or any kind of kitchen facilities, so we started to set up the hot service. We do a lunchtime on Leith and a tea time at the theatre now. Um, so from half 11 to half 12 we do lunch, which will just be a, a hot soup, um, bread, a little bit of a a free shop with that and any kind of sandwiches that we've got donated from the day before and then for dinner likewise it'll be stovies, stews, frittatas, um, try and put in salads and stuff like that as well. So anyone can show up for that, we do around 100 um, lunches and dinners each day um, and again it gives some people almost the only, the only positive interaction that they get from that day obviously everyone's more isolated than they've ever been. Um, and you know, lockdown lifting doesn't affect, isn't as good for everyone as you think. You know, it doesn't really make a massive difference to the people that are now very isolated. How are you paying for this, Lewis? Um, well, we've run three or four different crowdfunders now through either social media or on crowdfunder website, and um, we've received some very generous donations um, from individuals and a couple of different corporates. But ultimately, it is very. It is very tight a lot of the time. We're churning out 500 packs a day, so one and a half thousand meals plus another hundred for the hot service. Um, however, because the way that we've designed the the way that we've designed our system, um, using a lot of food excesses and surpluses, um, we're incredibly cost efficient. So, a lot of other organisations are doing similar um, provisions. We're saying that it would cost two pounds per meal, even five pounds per meal. Whereas we'll do three, one of our day packs costs around 30, 35p um, plus plus the delivery um, for us. Which, so you know, for three pounds fifty, you can cover someone three meals a day for an entire week. That's amazing. That's uh, so and you've done by the end of July, you had done over a hundred thousand uh, meals for people. You've done an amazing job here since the beginning of lockdown. How do you see it progressing now? Well. It's uh, it's un unfortunately we can't really see an end in sight. The, the issues around food insecurity in Edinburgh are not new, and they've only been exacerbated by the COVID crisis. We then see the economic impacts are going to make that even worse. Um, and issues around food waste are not going away either. So we're able to keep combining those. And as the hospitality industry and many others go into an unprecedented period of uncertainty. We, we see that all, all, all of our components are still effectively still issues that need to be fixed. Um, my, my key aspiration is that I get a phone call from you know, an, an MSP or a counsellor saying, Lewis, you can pack up and go home, we've figured it out, we're going to do this, we've got, we're going to utilise some of the hundreds of kitchens across Scotland that are government owned and the thousands of cooks that we've had sitting on furlough and start to take care of the population. However, um, I've been told that that might be a bit of a pipe dream. It's not going to happen, I'm yeah. afraid. And finally, I wanted to ask you about being here at Leith Theatre, because we're actually in the Thomas Morton Hall. Are you actually using the theatre itself, or are you just really using this hall and the area outside? So yeah, so we're, we're uh, containing ourselves just now to the Thomas Morton Hall. Um, as you can see, we've got plenty of space for the, for the packing. 
um, the kitchen is great. We've managed to bring in loads of donated equipment and loaned equipment and really kind of turned it into something that it's not been for a long time. Um, the Leaf Theatre have been great hosts. Um, and yeah, we've for now we've got everything we need in terms of space. Um, what do you need then? Well, we need, we need volunteers and we need continued funds. We're bracing now for what's probably going to be one of the toughest winters in living memory economically. Um, and we're committed to trying to help as many people as we can. We're doing 500 people a day, five, 600 people a day. But last year alone, there was 3,000 applications for homelessness. So we know that, you know, as, as, as big as we've grown, it's still just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to food insecurity in Edinburgh. Um, and we're, yeah, so we're needing more, more volunteers, or even if people are wanting to get involved in their own area, um, just reach out to us and, yeah, we'll try and keep Edinburgh fed for as long as we can. For listening to the Edinburgh Report. Listen out for more episodes coming soon and make sure you don't miss any by hitting the subscribe button now. This is one of the platforms where we can help advertise your business to our listeners. Would you like to know more about that? Then email editor at theedinburghreporter.co.uk and remember you can subscribe to have our monthly newspaper delivered to you direct. Sign up today on our website www.theedinburghreporter.co.uk